Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to another exciting episode of Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. I am Marty Fisher, and hey, Happy New Year. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's hard to believe that we've rolled through another decade, and uh, we're welcoming in 2020. Now, if I can just remember to write 2020 when I write a check up on the uh, up, up on the date, uh, I'll be happy instead of uh, the 2019 that I've just learned to really do the right way. But hey, this week's show... It's going to be a great one, brought to you by Crushable Vault, Negrini Cases, Electronic Shooters Protection, Etowah Valley Game Preserve, and Etowah Valley Sporting Clays. And I've got to do this before we really get going. It's uh, show number one for 2020, and I would like to welcome a new sponsor partner to the Wing and Clay Nation family. You know, if you're listening to this show, it's a good chance you're probably a dog owner. You've got one or more dogs in your family. Well, those dogs, they may specialize in retrieving, flushing, pointing, tracking, treeing, or they might just be the greatest pet in the world, man's best friend. Well, that's where our new sponsor comes in, Dogtra. For 30 years, Dogtra has been setting the standard for e-collar training technology, which allows you to unleash your dog's potential. In the coming weeks, we'll take a look at some of the great products that Dogtra has for the upland bird and waterfowl hunters out there. But until then, I'd like for you to do me a favor. Go to their website, dogtra.com. That way you can see if they've got the perfect training tool that will help you unleash your dog's potential. That's dogtra.com. It's good stuff. Take it to the bank. Dogtra is the way to go. Now, my guest, and I'm going to bring him on here in just a few minutes. I've, I've got a little housekeeping to do, and he knows that. Uh, my guest this week is going to be Scott Linden. Well, Scott Linden is a, a, a household name. I mean, this guy is literally, from an upland bird hunting perspective, uh, a living legend, if you will. And I, and I mean that in, in all sincerity. And if you're an upland bird hunter, you probably know this guy. Uh, he's been hosting Wing Shooting USA TV for many, many, many years. And he's certainly one of the most knowledgeable upland bird hunting experts found anywhere in the world. As I say, we'll get to Scott here in a few minutes, but stay tuned because we've got a lot of information coming. You know, there's a lot going on. I'm, uh, I'm actually headed to Oklahoma uh, tomorrow with my good friends at Mossy Oak Camo uh, going out uh, on a, a waterfowl hunt. Um, as crazy as it may seem, you know, uh, they follow the birds too. And I've gotten three texts in the last hour and a half that has changed my destination. Uh, once I get to Oklahoma, <laughs> you know, I guess we're trying to figure out exactly where all the birds are going to be, but I think they've got it nailed down. So it should be a good hunt. I'll give you a report on next week's show. Uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, upcoming events, uh, you know, we like to cover some of the clay target events sort of going on. Uh, And boy, the state of Florida is absolutely blowing up right now because uh, 
the wintertime is when the shooting is hot and heavy in the state of Florida. Uh, the North American Task is coming up at South Florida Shooting Club. That's going to be January 9 to 12. The Caribbean Classic is coming up in early February at the Vero Beach uh, clay, sh- uh, clay Shooting Sports uh, Operation. The Gator Cup. Uh, what a huge event this is. February 12 to 17 down at Quail Creek Plantation in Okeechobee, Florida. I happen to have designed the first sporting class course for those folks. Uh, Ducks Unlimited has their DU Continental Shoot out at Clark County Shooting Complex in Las Vegas, February 20 to 24. And of all things, I've had a chance. I designed that particular facility. So, you know, some great, great, great shoots coming up. That, uh, that I'm sure the sporting class guys are going to want to go and take a look at. And winging clay news, and we always try to do a little bit about that, uh, not much going on until the SHOT Show comes up. And that's um, that's coming up here in a few weeks. And you can bet that Wing and Clay Nation will be on top of all of the new and exciting products that are going to be coming out, especially for the fall, because that's typically when uh, – <clears throat> when the products that these folks see there are going to be launched. I mean, most of the time they start shipping things in July or something like that, but it's really for the fall hunting season. And the SHOT Show stands for Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor Trade. And believe me, it is one heck of an operation. Uh, 60,000 people in the industry. Unfortunately, the, you know, uh, the, the everyday consumer can't go. It's, uh, it's, it's all for the people that are in the business. But you can bet there will be a lot of great things coming out of that show. Uh, Dallas Safari Club's having their convention over in Dallas the 9th through the 12th of January. Houston follows that. The Houston Safari Club, January 24 to 26. And then I guess the mother of all outdoor consumer shows, the Great American Outdoor Show. Uh, that's the first week of February up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Safari Club International has their national convention February 5th through the 8th. They're up in Reno, Nevada. So a lot of great shows that are coming up that uh, that you can certainly go out and see. And uh, that pretty much catches us up with what's going on in the world now, before I bring Scott Linden on, I do want to tell you that his segment is going to be brought to you by my good friends at the Crushable Vault. You know, I'm uh, I'm one of those guys that uh, travels a lot, and every time I put my guns in the back of my truck, I'm scared to death that somebody's going to take them. Well, that was the case, at least until I discovered the Crushable Vault. Now, if you don't know what a Crushable Vault is, it looks like a piece of luggage. It's a soft-sided case. You put your gun cases in it, but they have an interlocking cable system that actually allows you to totally secure your gun so that they can't be opened. And then another cable that totally secures the cases to the bed of the truck or the back of your SUV or the back seat of your car or in the trunk. And the petty thief is in real trouble if he tries to get these cases because he can't move them. You and only you have access to those guns. So do me a favor. Check out the Crushable Vault. They've got some really good-looking products, uh, you know, some uh, uh, luggage-looking stuff, and it's actually guns. CrushableVault.com will get you that information. Let me encourage you to go there. They've got some great deals there right now, and uh, crushablevault.com is a place to find your security and to secure your freedom. Okay, that having been said, we are up on my guest, and I am so excited to have 
this gentleman. You know, I, I, uh, as I say, you know, this guy is very well known in outdoor media circles. That's especially the case if you're an upland bird hunter or a bird dog enthusiast. Now, Scott Lennon hosts Wing Shooting USA TV. He's a book author. He's a magazine writer, a bird hunter who's trained bird dogs. So that's the real deal. He's a social influencer and blogger. And when it comes to upland birds, he's one of America's premier experts on the subject. So without further ado, Scott Linden, welcome to Wing and Clay Nation Radio. I hope I can live up to half of that billing. Thank you very much, Marty. Well, the only reason I said it is because, trust me, my friend, you can live up to all of that billing. I've, uh, you know, I, I, you and I have been doing uh, TV for decades, and uh, you know, I've, I've I've watched you do your thing for many, many, many years on uh, on Wing Shooting USA, and. You know, it, it it takes a it it takes a real man to be a true upland bird hunter. I can I can tell you that. <laughs> so do me a favor. Tell us a little bit about Scott and a little bit of your background, and then we'll get into some get into some questions and topics. Uh, well, glad to. Uh, I doubt that anybody is not glad to talk about themselves, but I appreciate it. And uh, and because I was a late bloomer in this world, I think it, it is good to share the story because in the last few weeks, for example, I've, I've really noticed a lot of people much like me. So um, we moved to um, this great trout fishing place where I live now, Central Oregon. And the first thing my wife wanted to do was get a dog. I lost that argument but I did get the chance to pick the dog. I saw the ugliest dog I've ever met in the back of a pickup truck. We pulled over. I got a closer look. About then, the owner came out. It turned out to be an old sorority sister of my wife who uh, (laughs) informed us that that ugly dog was pregnant, and sure, we could have a puppy. As (laughs) As we're leaving with the puppy in our arms... Um, they ask when we're going to start buying horses and field trialing the dog, and I thought, what? <laughs> um, he did a great job on a wild bird across the street from my house one day, and I thought, well, if the dog will do that for me, I guess I'll buy a shotgun and become a bird hunter. Wow. And so I did. <laughs> and it's, it, it's been downhill ever since. Well, and, and like so many, uh, you know, once you see that dog go on point, he's not so ugly after all, you know, because he's, he's doing his thing, and his thing is pretty doggone exhilarating. That's exactly what did it for me, Marty. I, I, I watched this dog uh, slam into a point, and then I watched a, a hen pheasant fly out from under him, and I thought that was about the best adrenaline rush I could have with my pants on. Yeah, you know, and and what's crazy, and and I, I, I don't do nearly as much upland hunting as you do, but I, I, I've done my share, and it is amazing how hunters. I'm talking about seasoned guys, but certainly those who are unseasoned just freak out at the flush. You know, they, they, yeah. you know, they almost know it's coming. I mean, you're standing, you, you've got, you've got a dog, you know, locked there. Or maybe you've got a flushing dog, and all of a sudden they're doing their, you know, they you you start to know there's a bird here somewhere, but it, it's something about the flush that, uh, uh, that that really throws people off balance. Absolutely, and I mean to this day, early in the season, just freak out at the flush. 
you know, I mean, they, yeah. you know, they almost know it's coming. I mean, you've stand, you, you've got, you've got a dog, you know, locked there, or maybe you've got a flushing dog, and all of a sudden they're doing their, you know, they you you start to know there's a bird here somewhere, but it, it's something about the flush that, uh, uh, that that really throws people off balance. Absolutely, and I mean, to this day, early in the season, it's still an issue even for me, and I've been hunting for over 25 years. Um, and, and obviously, it, uh, there's a survival aspect to that. That's how um, predators are confused to a degree, mm-hmm. uh, just like uh, you know, a whole covey of birds scattering in different directions. It does throw you off, and, and the only way to get better at it is to practice, is to go out and flush more birds. But it's also exhilarating, and I found myself way more often than I think um, just marveling at that aspect of the whole hunting situation and forgetting to put the gun up to my shoulder. Oh, well, the shot's not always the most important thing. And, <clears throat> you know, a, a lot of people go just, just to wa- watch the dogs work. And I, and I know, you know, you, you being a dog man, uh, because realistically, if, if you're going to be an upland bird hunter, you pretty much have to have a dog. I mean, uh, that's, it's a lot of walking and a lot of blocking and a lot of crazy things that go on if you don't have a dog. And then, and then if you don't have a dog, you don't get all your birds retrieved. And, the, and so the dog is pretty much a necessity. And I know, you know, so many people uh, really get caught up in that and they, and they just marvel at the dogs. I know a lot of the television that I did, people would talk to me not about the great shots that we made or the beautiful places they talked about the dogs that we used. So I, I know that you can certainly can, can associate that. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. And in fact, I don't know why anybody would bother uh, hunting without a dog, but that's just me. But it's also everybody I talk to. You know, I survey my TV viewers every year. I ask them about 35 questions and one of them they're all multi, almost all multiple choice, and, and one of the questions is, why do you go hunting? And of all the choices, and there's about six or eight, um, to watch my dog work is always number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else falls way behind that. And, um, and I'm the same way, and, you know, even more so on TV than, than it used to be. I, I'll put the gun away, and I'll just handle dogs so I don't have to worry about the shooting part. Um, and I'd probably shoot just as well without a gun as with a gun. If you watch my TV show, you, you can attest to that. <laughs> well, well we, listen, when you're shooting real birds and, uh, you know, they don't always cooperate the way that you want them to, uh, you know, it's amazing how a big gigantic pheasant with a with a 22 inch tail uh, can be so easily missed and uh, yeah and it's so beautiful you're you know they flush and you're mesmerized and the next thing you know I mean a, a true wild pheasant can get gone in a hurry oh yeah yeah and it's um, you know and that's before you start using your litany of excuses um, <laughs> that bird flew out of its scent cone or um, <laughs> that the, he flew behind the moon. You know, those are two of my favorites. Well, <laughs> you know, the longer you do it, the more excuses that you get a chance to hear. And, and you know, you're talking about that, and, you know, you start talking about some of the, some of the vocabulary of the, of, the, of the bird hunter. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, and we're, you've got a new website that you're getting ready to launch, and I want you to talk about that a little bit. But one of the things that's, a, that's in that that I found particularly interesting was – the lexicon of, of, of 
the words, the vocabulary for the upland bird hunter. You know, it, it's, it's amazing uh, how many words there are out there that are associated with, you know, with this endeavor. And uh, tell us a little bit about your, your Upland Nation uh, program that you're developing. And let's talk Great. about that lexicon yeah. a little bit, too. That's, that's pretty interesting. Okay, I'll, I'll try and keep it simple uh, because that's the only thing I can follow anyway. But um, the Upland Nation is what I'm calling all of us. We're all citizens of the Upland Nation. We, we reside in this beautiful place called America where we can hunt, play with dogs, and pretty much explore at our, at our leisure all sorts of great places. Um, under that umbrella... Uh, I currently have a website that's kind of in transition, but the, the glossary that you're talking about is there, and that is at scottlindenoutdoors.com. So if you just go to scottlindenoutdoors.com, you'll find uh, the glossary uh, noted at the top of the page, and you can go there. And the reason I put that in there is, you know, I've, I've been through this twice, once as a bird hunter and once as a fly fisher. Uh, I've noticed that it, it, whether we intend to or not, we exclude a lot of people simply by speaking a foreign language in their presence. Mm-hmm. And yes, I understand that you need to earn your way in, um, but you also need to be helped to learn your way around that upland nation. And so I thought, I'll put together kind of a dictionary, if you will, uh, cover as much as I know. Uh, and it started in the book, and then um, other people started making suggestions and revisions and additions here and there, and it's it's hundreds of words long, and if it's not in there, you probably don't need to know it, but if it is in there, hopefully you'll get the definitive definition for everything from a jip mm-hmm. to a bog sucker. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the funny thing when it 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 it, it is amazing. I, I um <clears throat> uh, my stepson gave my grandson a little Boykin spaniel puppy for Christmas, and it was interesting. I, his uh, uh, his mother-in-law uh, made a comment to me. Uh, you know, I was talking about when they were going to pick the puppy up. You know, because sometimes you know Christmas is not exactly the right time, and uh, you know that. Uh, puppies being born or not born, you know, based on Christmas, they're born when they're born. And, uh, and she made the comment, and it's funny you, you, you use that term. She says, well, that gyps about ready to get rid of them. So, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, it was interesting that the mother was ready for them to be gone. So that was, <laughs> yep, I thought that yep, was, yep. I thought that was pretty interesting, but Hey, we're, we're going to, I want to talk to you a little bit about your TV show, and I want to do that. But folks, folks, before we do that, I want to let you know uh, this show is being brought to you by Negrini Cases. Now, Negrini Cases, I'm packing a Negrini case and putting my shotgun in it tomorrow morning to put it on Delta Airlines to fly me out to Oklahoma. You know, Negrini makes the very finest gun cases in the world, and if you've got a Browning or a Beretta or a, a Blosser or a Parachi or a Krigoff or, you know, any type of really fine gun, Negrini probably made that case. And, uh, you know, these folks have been making cases in Italy for 35 years, and, and they're, they're plastic. They're custom cases. They look like plastic, but they're really not. They're absolutely as strong as aluminum and much, much lighter weight. Uh, they've got some beautiful leather trim. 
Uh, the upholstery on the inside is magnificent. So when I take my fine guns, I can promise you they're sleeping in a very, very comfortable place until I take them out and put them to use. So do me a favor, check out NagriniCases.com, and I think you're really going to like what you see. That's NagriniCases.com. Now, Scott, let's do this. You've been doing the television show for a long, long time. Uh, we've got two or three different things that we want to talk about here, but I'm interested in the show. Tell me a little bit about about your show and and uh, and, and some of the great places that you've been and and uh, the things about how you, how you've done it and and things of that nature. Just just kind of a basic overview of Wing Shooting USA. It's a great TV show. Well, thank you. You're very kind, and and it's been a, a wonderful run. Uh, very happy and proud of what we're doing on the show. Um, when I uh, stopped custom producing for the Outdoor Channel many years ago, I was waylaid at the SHOT Show, which you mentioned earlier, by some folks from the National Shooting Sports Foundation who asked me what I was going to do next, and I said, I'm going to focus solely on bird dogs and bird hunting, and hopefully um, uh, it, it will work. And they said, well what's your goal? And, my, and I told them my goal was to, to get more people hunting more often in more places. And they said, we'll sponsor that. <laughs> and so, poof, uh, I, I had my first sponsor right then and there. And, and it's, it's gone very well ever since. Um, the goal uh, for an old teacher like me from way back, the goal has always been to help people succeed at bird hunting and bird dog training and, and related, including a little bit of target shooting, but not much. Mm-hmm. But um, because you're the expert in that, Marty. Um, so so my goal every every episode for the last 13 years has been to uh, to show people some great places to go to show them the things that they enjoy about their own hunting experience, from the camaraderie to the dog work to the beautiful places, and to help them become better, whether it's a tip on dog training or um, a shooting slash hunting strategy. Um, all of those things are what we do every, every episode on the show. And uh, interestingly, the show uh, debuts again for, for this year, on Pursuit Channel uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. Sunday night. So uh, if you haven't watched it yet and you have satellite TV uh, or you have a computer and can catch it on the streaming side, uh, Wing Shooting USA begins its run on Pursuit Channel Sunday night. So that's pretty much my <clears throat> goal and pretty much how it's worked so far. Well, you know, in, in Pursuit Channel, you know, what a, what, I mean, really what a great network that is. I mean, they, um, <clears throat> you know, they, they pretty much cover the spectrum. I mean, uh, you know, I've been on Pursuit Channel, for, you know, for, for years. And, uh, of course, I know the folks over there. And, and uh, the beauty of Pursuit Channel that I really like is that it's, it's producer-owned. I mean, it's, it's owned by people that actually did outdoor TV. So they, they understand the pitfalls that, that we all face, and that, that certainly makes life for us much, much easier. But I, <clears throat> the one thing that I like about your show, and, and I can I can say this in all honesty, you know, uh, back when Bruce Scott and I were doing Shotgun Journal, and, uh, you know, Bruce is not with us anymore, but one of the things that, that he and I said was that outdoor television should be entertaining, 
but it should also be educational without talking down to the audience. And, you know, Scott, that's exactly what your show is, because like you, you say, you know, there's so much information built into all of the episodes where the viewers enjoying watching, but they're learning something at the same time. And that's a real that's a real tribute to doing it the right way, my friend. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you noticed that because it is my goal. And, uh, yeah, I don't have the nerve to administer a pop quiz after each episode. It might be fun, but my <laughs> goal is exactly that, to provide people with all the answers so that they could pass a pop quiz if they had to. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to engage that deeply. You can just watch it for the pretty pictures and the great dogs. And I don't mind that. But you also hit on something else, and this is one of my pet peeves, especially in the outdoor TV world, um, the number one rule on my show is never to insult the intelligence of the viewer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a whole bunch of ways to do that. And if you're a viewer, you know what I mean, because you've been there and you've done that. You've seen it happen. That, you know, I hope it doesn't happen very often on my show. And I hope what we're doing is portraying uh, a, a realistic, authentic version of bird hunting wherever we are and whatever birds we're chasing. Well, and, you know, and, and there are so many to chase. And that's, a, that's one of the things that, uh, uh, that the, the show has done remarkably well. I mean, it, because there are so many upland birds. I mean, you know, when you really start thinking about it, uh, you know, if you go duck hunting, you can sit in one spot and you may get a bunch of different species. You go hunting upland, you you may not get a whole bunch of species. They're going they're going to be place specific in many instances. So I mean, if you're, you know, you may get you may get a quail or two when you're hunting pheasants, or you know, you may kick up, you know, or if you're hunting prairie chickens, you may kick up sharp tails or something like that. But for the most part, you know, if you're going upland, you're pretty much after a a certain species a lot of the times. Yeah, and that's, of course, the joy of of upland bird hunting uh, for me is seeing new places and meeting new people. This year in particular, my goal has been to hunt nowhere that I've been before. So I'm hunting new places on every trip. Mm-hmm. And it t- it takes a little bit of work, but it's spectacular for all sorts of reasons. One is the the kinds of birds I'm chasing, but another is uh, the people I meet that uh, that are new to me, and vice versa. And you know, you make some friendships, and you you see some interesting places at the same time. So you're absolutely right, and. Um, and I think a lot of people like it for that reason. It becomes a bit of a logistical challenge, mm-hmm. but you know, it, there are worse things to have to do than to try and plan out an upland bird hunting trip that will put you into four or five different species in a single season. I don't uh, mind that kind of work. No, and that, <laughs> and you know, and uh, and 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 people look at me and say, "Boy, I'd love to do what you do," but they don't understand that it actually is work. But uh, you know, it sure is a lot of fun. Hey, Scott, we're we're up on a network break, uh, and when we come back, folks. Uh, Scott and I are going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, the, this book that Scott wrote, and uh, you know it's going into its third printing now. So this has been a pretty pretty popular book, and when we talk about it, you're going to love the title. I'm going to hold it off. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And back we are and having a great conversation with Scott Linden. And we're going to get into... uh, uh, something that I'm really interested in, a uh, book that Scott wrote here in in just a second. But hey, if you're a social media freak, and I guess all of all of us have turned into that in recent years, whether we wanted to or not, um, do me a favor, check out our website, wingandclayradio.com. If you're a Facebooker, I'd really like to have you come in, like and share, and be involved. Facebook.com slash Wing and Clay Radio. On Twitter, like uh, President Trump does a lot, Twitter.com slash Wing Clay Nation. And on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Wing and Clay Radio. Uh, all of those different sites will get you engaged in what we are doing, and I can promise you we are having a great time. Lots of great pictures, lots of great stories. Come be a part of it. All right, let me get back to Scott. And, uh, you know, Scott, we're talking about the TV show, but you do a lot more than TV. I mean, you actually, some years ago, sat down and wrote a book, and I love the title of this book, What the Dogs Taught Me. Now, I am not going to ask you anything. I'm going to let you tell me where did that come from and what have the dogs taught you, my friend? Talk to me. Well, it's it's actually kind of funny. Um, back uh, when I was um, 
just getting started in television, uh, and I got uh, there's nobody left there from this era, but I got to thank the original founders and and the folks who ran the Outdoor Channel way back. Mm-hmm. Um, they they saw me guest hosting somebody else's show, and uh, and they hired me on the spot to uh, to create a fly fishing show, and uh, and then they called me a week later and said. Um, we want another title from you as well. What else you want to do? And I said, well, someday I'm going to write a book called What the Dogs Taught Me. And they said, <laughs> contracts on the way. So, poof, uh, there I was. I had two uh, two projects with the Outdoor Channel, and I figured I better start doing something about it. But, you know, every day, if you hunt with a dog, every day... They're teaching you something. Mm-hmm. They're opening your eyes. They're 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 encouraging you to do something in one way or another. And as I went about that and studied and learned, and because I'm just a fanatic about learning stuff, I realized nobody else had really taken what the dogs can do and put it down <clears throat> in words in a way that that might help other people become a better hunter dog owner, even a better shooter when it comes to the hunting situations. Mm-hmm. So so I quit radio. I was doing radio for Field and Stream and Outdoor Life. I quit that so I could write the dang book and get it off my chest. And I did. And I'm I, I'm excited, yes, that the the new third printing will actually come out in paperback so you can spend a little less money on it. Um, and it looks like in June is when that paperback will be ready. Mm-hmm. There are still a few copies on Amazon. So if somebody c- simply cannot wait to get all of my wisdom in one fell swoop, <laughs> they can go on Amazon. They they still have a few in, in, in stock, but they're the only place left. Um, even I don't have any extra copies. Um, and and it's, it's not a dog training book. It is a book that will help you become a better dog trainer mm-hmm. by making the observations and suggestions that most of the dog training books don't have in them. In fact, the subtitle of the subtitle is all the stuff that's not in everybody else's books and videos. So it's a great supplement, and it seems to be going pretty well, and I'm knocking wood for that because... It was one of those things I just felt like I had to get out of my system, and I did. Um, so that's that, and it's been exciting for a lot of reasons, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it and for everybody who bought the book and who everybody who, who helped in one way or another uh, with information on the book. Um, and along those lines, while doing that and while learning all sorts of other things from everybody from the National Shooting Sports Foundation on down, I realized that encouraging people to hunt is one thing, but giving them the tools they need to find a place to hunt is another thing. Mm-hmm. And if, if you look at all the research, and there's a ton of it out there, um, as to why people don't take up hunting or why they quit hunting, number one with a bullet is... I can't find some place to hunt. The, the, the availability of land is shrinking by the day. Mm-hmm. And we all know that, and it's true. But nobody's really done anything about it. 
Um, so I took the bull by the horns and about six weeks ago decided I'm going to help everybody who's looking for a place to hunt birds with a new website. And while it's still in its beta form, it is online and, and up and ready to look at. It's called Find Bird Hunting Spots.com. Yeah, it's not glamorous, but it's pretty basic. FindBirdHuntingSpots.com. And my job there is to make a whole bunch of suggestions for people. You want to hunt in California? There's probably an article on that. You want to hunt for sharp-tailed grouse? There's an article on that. Here are the places you might start. It is really a where-to and a how-to book that hopefully gets people hunting a little bit more frequently, maybe in some new places. And again, I don't know anybody who's doing that. No, um, I, and I don't either. And 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 I will tell you the beauty the beauty of that, Scott. And and I, I, let me let me be among the first to applaud you for for such an endeavor because you're you're exactly right. I mean, the problem that we have is people just don't have access, don't find access, and and perhaps they don't try hard enough to find access when they run into a couple of brick walls. They just say the heck with it and don't do it. But the beauty of what I know that's going on out there, um, you know, we hear all of these things about the number of hunting licenses declining and things of that nature, but what is not declining is the number of people that are getting into recreational shooting, you know, with the kids and the ladies and all of that. Those numbers are skyrocketing. Now, those are the future hunters. So when those when those kids and those moms and those girlfriends and all of that, you know, when they, you know, decide, hey, I'm going to go give hunting a try, you're going to have a, a tool that allows them to find places to go. And I, I, I can't applaud you more. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Marty. And, and that's exactly right. As I said, I was a self-taught fly fisher and then I was a self-taught bird hunter. And maybe I'm just a slow learner, but, but I, I just never gave up because I, didn't, I never thought about it. But you're right. A lot of people will say, yeah, it's too hard. I think I'll just go back to watching football. Mm-hmm. But if we can help them just a little bit, if we can just push them over the edge a little bit, and we do that in many other ways on the television show. We take kids from all the target shooting organizations. We take them on their first hunting trip. Mm-hmm. every year on TV. Uh, we encourage mentoring. We encourage all the things that everybody else is encouraging in that regard. And then we're taking it to the next level and providing a resource, um, a mentor, if you will, uh, for people who don't have mentors but want to try the sport and simply don't have a place to go. And no. even right now in its, in its beta version, there are probably 400 places that you might go with a shotgun and a dog that are, you know, some of them are going to be close enough for you to make a day trip. And that's my goal. Well, that's that's absolutely great. Well, we're going to switch gears here in a, in a second. And I've got a couple of other questions for you, but I do want to let folks know that this portion of the show, and speaking of a place to hunt, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Etowah Valley Game, Etowah, excuse me, Etowah Valley Game Preserve and Etowah Valley Sporting Clays in Dawsonville, Georgia. Now, this is a place where if you've got a dog, and a lot of times you go to these places, they won't let you take your dog. Etowah Valley Game Preserve, 
invites you to bring your dog so that you and your dog can go out and do your thing. And uh, what a great place it is. It's up in North Metro Atlanta, and the, the Becker family owns both of these facilities. They've got a clays and feathers package that you could, could go to uh, where you can hunt uh, birds in the afternoon, shoot clays in the morning. You'll have a break for lunch. You can hunt with your hunt with your or have lunch with your guide, and then go out on that bird hunt. And like I say, if you want to take your dog, you can certainly do that. So, give these folks a look, Etowah Valley Game Preserve, because a lot of people get down in that Atlanta area. If you're their own business, give them a call. They can take care of you. They've got guns. They've got dogs. They've got everything. If you want to have a, a quality day at a beautiful piece of property up in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, north of Atlanta, etowahvalleygamepreserve.com. Give them a look. You'll thank me when you see me because it is a great, great place. Now, Scott, um, I've got, I I jotted down some of my crazy questions to ask you because, you know, for a guy that does it a lot, I'm always interested to know, what's your favorite bird? To hunt, what 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 really gets you going? Um, it's a tough call, but it's a probably a toss up. Right now, with um, with sharp tail grouse on top and valley quail right below them. Mm-hmm. I'm a, now, <clears throat> I'm a desert I'm a desert rat now, and I I love uh, I love hanging around in dry sandy hot locations and that's a lot of the time where you'll find valley quail that will pretty much cooperate with a pointing dog you know 60 percent of the time and i'll take that those odds any day but the sharp tails um have really got me going in the last few years number one because you talk about wide open spaces um you can stand on a tuna can and watch your dog run away for a week and a half Mm-hmm. out there in, in some of the prairie country of South Dakota, <laughs> North Dakota, and uh, Montana, for example. And I love that. I love to be able to see a long way. I love to be able to see my dog at a long distance. Um, it's it's not near as tough a hunt as chucker hunting, which I love, and I do more than all of those others put together. Mm-hmm. Um but it is a, it, it, I'm intrigued with, with sharp tails, and maybe that's why they're on the top of the list right now. Well, you know what drives me nuts about a sharp tail grouse? And, and mm-hmm. a lot of upland birds, but sharpies especially. You flush sharpies, and they're going to give you about five wing beats, and they'll lock those wings, and those suckers will glide out of sight. And I guess the thermals allow them to do that, but that just absolutely drives me nuts because I'm thinking, okay, I can see as far as you're going, and I'll know where you are. But sometimes you can't see that far; they they, they just continue to glide. So uh, uh, they're they're really a great bird to hunt. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. My only gripe with sharp tails is the window of opportunity is is very small. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't get out there the first few weeks of the season, then they get they get wise to you. They cover you up. Um, it's it's a little bit tougher country uh, then, and uh, and if you get one after pheasant season opens, it's it's really a bonus. Oh yeah, yeah. I I actually did that on horseback in uh, north central Nebraska 
one time, and that was uh, that was 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 quite a deal. We were, you know, we were after some, uh, uh, you know, some chickens too. But we, you know, we wound up getting into the sharpies up there, and uh, I mean, it was uh, it was it was really really crazy. Now, if though if that that's your favorite birds, what do you think's the most difficult upland bird to hunt? For me, it's Hungarian partridge. <laughs> um, Amen, brother. And he, here's why. Okay, so so what birds do I shoot the most of? Valley quail and chuckers. Mm-hmm. All right, if you if you know those two birds, you know one's a small version of the other one in terms of shape, profile, silhouette in the air, that sort of thing. Um, somewhere in between is that stinking hun, so that you never know whether it's close or far relative to where you are and when you should actually pull the trigger. So. Yeah, that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, those things <clears throat> those things drive me nuts because a true wild Hungarian partridge can get away from you in a really fast hurry. And the funny the funny thing about those is, with me, they <clears throat> for whatever reason, when I'm hunting them, rarely do they ever just give me a nice just straight away going going away shot. I mean, most of the time it's some funky angle that I can't hardly get the gun to, and you know, and you get off balance and twist it around, and you know, and those things. I mean, they are really moving. So, um, you know, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful bird to hunt, and and uh, and they're beautiful in hand once you get them too. I like that about them myself. And the best eaten bird of the bunch. Oh, yeah. I will. Um, I'll. Um age the bird. I don't call it hanging because they don't hang from anything, but I'll age them in the fridge for four or five days. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden magic happens. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, we've got, uh, we've got a few minutes to go. The uh, last part of the show, let me tell you, is going to be brought to you by my good friends at electronic shooters protection. That's ESP. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Scott wears hearing protection, but you can bet Marty does because my poor ears would be have been ringing for a long, long time before I discovered ESP. And once I did, everything above 90 decibels gets shut down, and I can still hear really, really well, except when my wife tells me that I have selective hearing, but that's just because of her. So check it out. ESP, custom-made for your ears, ESPAmerica.com. They've got a number of different models there to choose from. My particular favorite is the stealth model. It allows me to turn the sound up when I want to raise it. I can turn it down to mod- to modulate it. But anything over 90 decibels, I'm not worrying about any hearing damage. And, you know, a shotgun, when it goes off, is about 140 decibels. And you can bet without protection, you've got some issues. Okay, Scott, uh, what have I got on my list here? And this one we can talk a little bit about uh, your favorite places to hunt. You know, everybody, everybody's got a favorite place. I mean, waterfowl hunters have got flooded timber or, you know, go to Canada or something like that. Clay shooters that we talk to on the show, oh, they've all got a favorite sporting clays course that they love to go to. But an upland bird hunter, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but um, how about a little bit more specifics on, on some of the spots that you found just absolutely beautiful and uh, and, and very yeah. worth going back to? Well, um, if I had to narrow it down to one of our 50 states, um, it would 
probably be Montana. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I'm lucky enough to get there almost every year, sometimes twice a year. Um, what I like about Montana is the variety of birds. You can shoot two or three different grouses, two in the forest and and one in the in the plains. You can shoot pheasants, um, and they have an incredible um, walk-in program. So there's a whole bunch of private property open to the public. All you got to do is sign in. Sometimes you have to make a reservation, but usually not. Um, mm-hmm. There's you know millions of acres to access. Uh, and the thing about their walk-in program is uh, it's it's more entrepreneurial than most. In that uh, the landowner only gets paid when people use the land. Mm-hmm. So while that may sound weird, it's a free market. If the landowner is not good at managing his property for birds, nobody goes there and he doesn't get any money from the state. Mm-hmm. So think about that for a while and then realize, well, the block management program in in uh, in Montana makes more sense than in a lot of other places. So mm-hmm. that would be... My only regret is the season can be really short sometimes if the winter's harsh. Sure. But other than that, it's a wonderful place to be. Well, it is a beautiful state, and I've I've had a chance to to hunt there multiple times. And uh, uh, you know what what's what's really cool to me is, you, you know, when they say big sky, they mean big sky because you know. <laughs> Like you were you were alluded to a little earlier when you're standing there and and you see birds take off. I mean, you literally can see what you you can't imagine. Uh, you, you know, it, 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 the world is that big. I mean, you just see just miles and miles and miles of nothing but beautiful background. And and so often the mountains are included in that. The the snow snow capped peaks and you know beautiful grasslands and um, you know my hunting for. Upland has primarily been in the eastern part of the state. I don't, I don't, you know, where, where have you gone? Um, if I had to divide the state in half, I'd say the same thing, the eastern half. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is so much country out there. You know, I've hunted from Haver on the Canadian border all the way down to Big Timber, almost to Yellowstone in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's great hunting everywhere there. And then if you are a forest grouse hunter, uh, you know, the places around Missoula and Bozeman, they're full of birds. And mm-hmm. you just got to kind of got to realize that you're not going to see any big sky out there. You're going to be seeing right. big trees instead. Yeah, but big, big timbers. There's, there's a little of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 just great. I, I know I went uh, did a television show over around Livingston uh, one time. And, uh, you know, we we chased birds all day and, and had you know, quite a bit of success. To be honest with you, it was it was it was terrific. And you know, when you when you get out in the, where it's not necessarily just one bird after another. Okay, I mean you you you're hunting, and you know when you go into great places, you get enough birds up to uh, to 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 make the day really satisfying. But but the beauty of hunting in those places is when those birds flush, you better do your job, or you're going to be walking for some more. Uh, you know, with a little bit of frustration on your face because those birds can get uh, can get out from under that gun in a hurry. Yeah, and you want to keep the dogs happy too. Don't forget that part. 
(laughs) Well, you know, I I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, standing over uh, pointed dogs and, you know, and the guns come up, boom, 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 and the birds continue to fly. And and finally, one or two of the dogs will turn around and look back at the guy and says, you got to be kidding me. But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, and and that's that's what happens. But that's what makes you want to come back and, and, and do it again. Now, have you spent much time? Because a lot of people go there, much time in the Dakotas. Yeah, I, I probably spend more time in South Dakota than anywhere else mm-hmm. uh, for a bunch of reasons. Number one, um, pheasants make for great television. Um, they're, they're, they're easier to, to see on television, and they're you know, for all the right reasons. And, and we get a lot of invitations to go there. And it's got a great walk-in program as well, and... It also has some great national grasslands and other properties, whether it's owned by the Bureau of Reclamation or, or even the state, for that matter. Uh, so we visit there a lot. We also visit Kansas a lot for mm-hmm. the same reasons. Mm-hmm. And they're both spectacular, and they just happen to be the right places at the right time in terms of the agricultural economy and what's happening there. It's nowhere near what it was like in the 50s and the 60s, but it's still better than everywhere else. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing that that, that that I find so intriguing about those places, you know, especially for, you know, I'm a guy in the southeast, okay? And when I step out of my house, all I see is trees. When you go to those western states, those midwestern states, and especially, you know, the Kansas and the Nebraska and South Dakota, North Dakota, a lot of people can't, re- can't fathom miles of cornfields just miles it, it's pretty yeah. amazing but, it, it and, truly and Scott, is hey, and it requires now go, go yeah. ahead it requires a little bit of a change of mind mm-hmm. uh, to get used to that it's it could be daunting and uh, but it's also exhilarating at the same time absolutely hey scott we're up on, we're up on the clock buddy give me some contact information how people can reach you if you will the best way now is through the new website, findbirdhuntingspots.com. There's a place where you can leave me a message. You can sign up for the mailing list, all of the above there. And uh, I, I actually do return every phone call and every email and every social media post. So um, if you ask me a question somewhere, I promise you an answer. May well, not be the right listen, answer, but I'll make one up. Hey, hey listen, to. that's okay. It'll be an answer. And Scott, I can't thank you so much, buddy. I, I, I mean that sincerely. Good luck on the third printing of the book. Hey, folks, what the dogs taught me. Find it, live it, learn it, enjoy it. And Scott Linden, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, buddy. Thank you so much for being a part of Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Marty, I'm glad to do it. It's great to talk with you again. Okay, my friend, folks, that's Scott Linden and a great guy. Check him out. Wing Shooting USA TV. Check out the new website, findberghuntingspots.com. We'll see you next time on Wing and Clay Nation. Take somebody hunting, be safe, have fun, and shoot well. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. 
Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting. Thank <laughs> you.